Welcome to the Lent Report Live. Today, we're going to be talking about women truckers, different proteins, carbon impact, a disappointing online food shopping experience, the global food impact of TikTok, and lots more. First, a shout out to Target for being named the Supermarket News Retailer of the Year. Congrats. Thursdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, we bring you our unique insights on grocery retail, sustainability, e-com, new product reviews, and consumer trends. We also want to know what's on your mind, so please add your comments right in the chat box, and we will share your comments during the program. Sally, what do we have on our radar today? Well, today, Phil, I want to talk about an interesting online grocer called Thrive Market, which is is a store I've been interested in for a very long time because they claim that they pri- prioritize ethical and sustainable sourcing. Yep. They are completely against GMOs. They are a zero waste company and they are carbon neutral, which they are also moving towards, I believe, in 2025, they want to be carbon negative. So they've got some great things going for them. They also wow. represent over 90 lifestyles, like diets and causes that you could represent. So I love that. But I have a little bit of feedback for them. Okay. Um, so when I when yesterday I went on because I was all ready to sign up. And so I got online and I went through all the steps, which involve, you know, your email and then choosing the filters you you like, like the causes you are that are important to you, the things about your diet that are important to you. I went through all of those steps. And then finally it came down to membership, which the membership you can you can do a $60 annual payment, or you can do $9.95 a month if you want. Not too bad. However, when I when I got down to that part, it wanted me to pay for a subscription before I could actually shop and look at the products, look what they look at what they cost. I wanted to see if it actually was worth it to me if they had the products that I really want. So my suggestion is maybe let me fill up my cart and see what it looks like, see if I'm saving money, see if I'm getting the things that I need, and then ask me to subscribe before I check out. Well, I think what you're bringing up is really important, that whole user experience, because um, I did the same thing. Mm-hmm. And looked at it, um, you know, they they also let me choose before I signed up, like a free gift, uh, a free mm-hmm. food item that I could. But to your point, you know, Thrive does not have 40,000 products as a traditional supermarket does. Um, so I wanted to also see what are the products that they're carrying before I signed up. So I think that their user experience, as you're describing, is a bit awkward and a bit backward because I do want to see what the products are before I sign up. It's not that the 60 bucks a year is important. I just want to not throw away money and I want to make sure that they can offer me what I want. Agreed. Exactly. (laughs) So talk to me about truckers. You know, we've talked a lot about trucking. Um, It's Mm -hmm. estimated that by 2023, two years from now, we're going to have a shortage of about 100,000 truckers. We're hearing from supermarkets, from restaurants, from everybody that they can't get merchandise delivered uh, because there's not enough truckers. So what's the update? What's the solution here? 
Well, problem. And I don't know if you saw this week, but the Chicago public school system now is having an issue because the Cisco Teamsters are on strike. They are not happy with the concessions they had to make during the pandemic, and that has not been resolved for them. So because of the trucking the, the shortage, um, a lot of uh, federal programs and state programs are going after recruiting women truck drivers, which currently, I guess as of 2019, only represents 6.7% of the truck driving population. So they're going after women. They're also offering um, husband-wife team contracts. They are offering programs that fund their certification in some states. Some states are offering the to pay the tuition, which is around $7,000 to go to driving school. And, um, and even in this big um, billions and billions of dollars infrastructure program that's going through Congress, Congress, they are including a study to figure out how they can recruit more women in the trucking industry. The other thing that I find really interesting is that women, um, this is according to, um, trying to remember, uh, it's a survey of truck drivers called Women in Trucking. Um, mm -hmm. That's the group that female truck drivers are in aggregate more cautious on the road. They get into fewer accidents and those accidents that they do get into are less serious. So what's what's the problem? All the truck drivers should be women. <laughs> it right? sounds like that. I read that, too, that they that they wow. could be safer drivers. So, <laughs> so why not? So let's move on to TikTok. OK, well, as you know, Phil, TikTok has become a go to resource for food, 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 food recipes, products food ideas. People on TikTok love food. However, this company out of the UK called YouSwitch is suggesting that most of the recipes that are being promoted on TikTok are not climate friendly, are not, um, are, are, are foods that are creating more greenhouse gas emissions. And, you know, the other thing that, um, we talked about this was a couple of weeks ago. We haven't talked about it on the Lemper Report yet, but also uh, because of TikTok, uh, because of taking pictures for Instagram and so on. Um, there's a study report that shows one in three people admit they've ordered food that they didn't actually eat just so that they could take a picture of it and put it on social media. Talk about waste. Oh my amazing. God. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. Yes. And we, you know, at my house, I have kids and I have a son who has participated in some things on TikTok. So we've, we've actually tried out some of these recipes on TikTok and they've all kind of been a disaster. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yes. But it's interesting. They went through some of, they went through some of the ones that are actually climate friendly that are on TikTok and some of the ones that are not. And so things that were climate friendly are spicy pickled garlic corn ribs, acai bowls, and then things that weren't are mozzarella sticks and cheeseburgers. And uh, what else did we see on there? Uh, oh, the feta pasta. That was a really big one. We tried that one too. So, I mean, I would say that if you're going to put, if you're a food company out there and you're going to put something on TikTok, maybe try promoting something that's more climate friendly. 
climate friendly and healthier. Mm-hmm. Uh, ta- talking about healthier, you know, we talk a lot about food deserts. We've been talking about food deserts for years here on the Lemper Report. Um, there are some new retailers that are popping up that might just well be the solution for food deserts versus just building a 40,000 square foot supermarket. Tell us about that. Yes, I think this is fantastic. There is a movement of entrepreneurs in all these U.S. cities that want to bring healthy corner markets to these areas that that they're saying they're up against retail redlining. And so so some examples are there's there's one in Washington, D.C., where they seem to have a lot of issues with food deserts. Um, This one was started by. Let me get his name right. This is uh, oh, this is Mookie's Market that is coming. And this is um, out of a company called Arcadia that is working to bring these corner stores all in these different wards in D.C. Um, they received a hundred thousand dollar grant to build this store. And the idea is that they're going to provide healthy, fresh foods. Um, there's another one in Philadelphia that I love. Arnett Woodall started one that um, that he is, it's West Philly Produce. And what's so great is he makes such a good point is that for these to succeed, it's about community. They hire people from the community. He teaches young kids that work for him about how to run a business. They engage in the community. And he said that, that when companies come in, and open a store, if they don't engage the community, then they are going to fail. Absolutely. And in fact, um, he's at 62nd and Market Street in Philadelphia. And I went to Drexel undergraduate. So I lived at like 40th. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know the area well. And it definitely is, you know, a food desert. Um, and Probably what I'm most impressed with him about is he really has a focus on healthy foods, number one. Mm -hmm. And number two, he also put together a partnership with Whole Foods so that when Whole Foods has product um, that is near expiration, um, they give it to him. He has a separate table outside and and he's actually making food, whether it's smoothies or salads or whatever Mm -hmm. else um, out of that food that he gets from Whole Foods uh, for nothing and gives it to people free. Wow. Yes. Yes. He's doing a wonderful job. We need more. We need more of that. Absolutely. Um, you know, where where he really understands and he's gotten all kinds of awards and things like mm-hmm. that. Uh, we really need people like that um, that can make a difference because the idea of a food desert and what what was tried in Chicago, tried in um, other parts of the country, you know, just putting up a normal supermarket without having either that tie to the community or having a 40,000 square foot store just doesn't make sense. You've got to understand whether you're a big store, a small store, a corner store, you've got to understand who your customer is and what those customer needs are. And he does it. Absolutely. So when we look at new products, talk to me about a product innovation that you found um, that, that, um, I'm going to try not to laugh about. <laughs> well, you remember, you remember Soylent. Remember when yeah, that sure. came out? Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. and we've been working together for a very long time. And I think we had the same reaction to that as I'm having to this product. This is, this is called Square Eat. And it is exactly what it sounds like. It is 
um, salmon or asparagus or sweet potatoes squashed into a square. Um, little square. It was just a little square. Yes, <laughs> a fifty gram square. And um, you can you can order this by subscription. They have plans where you can get meal boxes. So a meal box looks like, depending on how many calories you want, which they're not a lot, you're going to be hungry. Um, but a meal box would contain four squares. So you might have two chickens, um, a spinach, and a hazelnut square in your meal, which would add up to maybe like three between three and 400 calories. But here's my problem. This, you know, first of all, look at it. It, it, it looks... Horrible, number one. Uh, number two, um, it takes all the enjoyment out of food. I mean, what we forget, um, whether you want to eat healthy or indulgent, the whole process of a meal, of, of the attractiveness um, of, of what the food looks like is, is where it's at. I mean, this just doesn't do it for me. I haven't tasted it. Might taste great. Uh, might be very nutritious. Uh, but you can get me to eat that. I agree. And I think, I think that, yes, I mean, it's great that it's all natural ingredients. It is something that is probably good for people that are, you know, need convenience. It's, it's good for minimal waste. Um, but I also don't know that it promotes a healthy relationship with food. No, not even close. Mm -hmm. Well, Sally, thanks so much for those topics, um, for today. And now we're going to talk about the carbon footprint of the foods that we eat and how it matters for our future. Earlier this month, the United Nations Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change published one of the most comprehensive reports based on the analysis of more than 14,000 scientific studies warning that unless change happens quickly, the world is headed for further climate disruptions for centuries to come. UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres said in a statement following the release of the report, that it's a code red for humanity. The food that we consume does play a role in mitigating climate change, no question about it. Discussions on food waste, plant-based everything, reducing petroleum-based and wasteful packaging, the inefficiencies of transportation, as well as the impact on various food groups abound. One recent report, the Life Cycle Assessment of Proteins that was sponsored by the Association of Genuine Alaska Pollock Producers caught my attention. As it compared the carbon impact of beef, chicken, pork, plant-based meat, impossible burger in this case, with wild Alaskan pollock. The reason the report piqued my interest was that today, wild Alaska pollock is used as an ingredient in over 1,000 different foods, everything from fish tacos, sandwiches to prepared meals. Dr. Craig Morris is the CEO for GAP and led the Carbon Impact Project partnership that analyzed, get this, over three years, millions of lines of data, a huge undertaking as Alaska is the largest wild caught fishery in the world for human food. The data included every aspect of the supply chain from flying fishing boat crews back and forth from Alaska to what the crews ate, to the transportation, including diesel and refrigerant usage, to in his words, being 
able to say with confidence what we inherently knew to be true, that we had a very climate-friendly protein. Now, here's the carbon impact comparisons. Wild Alaskan Pollock, 3.77 kilograms. Chicken, 12.5. Pork, 19.65. The plant-based Impossible Burger, 20.83. Beef, 115.75 kilograms. Now, the findings are based on the CO2 equivalent per kilogram of protein as of July 14th, 2021. It's time that we realize the correlation between those foods that are good for our bodies and good for the planet. And when you do, there's little doubt that seafood, and it appears that those fish from Alaska top the list to accomplish both. For more information, just log on to supermarketguru.com. Suzanne Wasson is the president crop protection business platform for Corteva AgriScience. And I asked her on the latest episode of Farm Food Facts about how the wildfires, hurricanes, and climate change in general is changing agriculture. And frankly, if we have enough time left to develop new technologies to save our planet's farms and ranches, here's what she had to say. So you mentioned 10 to 12 years for development. Um, I'm going to ask you a tough question. Okay. Do we have 10 to 12 years uh, to wait as we look at all the things that are going on globally as it relates to um, climate change, fires, droughts? I mean, all this. Do we have 10 to 12 years? Well, the good thing is, is, is our pipeline's full. And so we have products at all stages of that development. So we're launching new innovation actually um, in the U.S. in uh, 2022 with a new active ingredient that's a nematicide reclamel, for example. So all through that 10 to 12 years, we have products staged at almost every stage gate. So uh, the pipeline's full and ready for launch over the next few years, which is exciting. And, and we're also, you know, when we're back in that discovery phase, we're looking very far ahead to say, by the time we get to that 10 year, what will farmers need then? There's been a lot of new chips on the store shelves, but this one from Garden of Eaton is worth mentioning. Red Hot Blues are made from organic blue corn, are non-GMO certified, gluten-free, vegan, and kosher. No artificial flavors or preservatives. They get a thumbs up with a score of 95. Now, these chips are a little thicker than most, which makes them great for dips, hummus, and salsas. On the first bite, Hey, I was a little disappointed as they didn't taste that hot. Then, wait for it, a nice slow burn kicked in and made me happy. 10 chips are 140 calories, 7 grams of fat, only 150 grams of sodium, no sugars, and 2 grams of protein. About $2.99 for a 5.5-ounce bag. Want your product reviewed? Just go to ratefoods.com for the information how you can have your product appear right here. So, Sally, it looks like, you know, we covered so much today about women truckers, about a new food product that got a 95, Target being named Supermarket News Retailer of the Year, and most important, that carbon footprint that we saw from Alaska Seafood. So, what do you think? 
<laughs> well, I want to thank everybody for being here with us today. And remember that you can continue this discussion in our Limpert Report Live group, which is on Facebook. We've got one on Facebook and we've got one on LinkedIn Live. And we would love for you to join that. And um, we're also on YouTube. And please go to supermarketguru.com and sign up for our newsletter. And thanks for joining us. And we'll see you back here next Thursday, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern for more of the Lemper Report.